Welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Soroyce. I uh, just want to remind you, we are a bi-monthly podcast, and we're available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And leave a short review if you could. That's what helps us out the most and helps us get us to the top of the heap. And iTunes... Uh, one of the easiest ways to help the show. We also do have two more episodes every month on our Patreon, so if you like what you hear, visit patreon.com slash lies, cheat, and steal to sign up for two more scam stories every month as well as access to our entire back catalog and our Discord. That being said, I'm sitting here hanging out with my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Kath, how you doing? Hi, Pat. I'm good. I'm doing all right. I, uh, I was having a really annoying day, but uh, we just recorded our... Uh, our most recent Patreon episode, and it was so much fun. I feel like uh, I feel a little better. So that's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, you're gonna want this is better than therapy. Please sign up for our Patreon. <laughs> please, please allow us to continue doing it. We really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, well, that's what. That's what's up. I'm glad you're glad you're uh, you're, you're in a better mood. I know we we're, we we're discussing the merits of an action-packed vacation versus one where you just have time to yourself. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so I can imagine. Yeah, you had you had more of an action-packed week in Texas, so I can imagine getting back and just kind of not having the patience for a city like New York. I just I just have been like kind of grumpy today. I've just had like a bunch of minor inconveniences strung together, but uh, you know, I'm we were just talking. I'm going to the gym after this. It'll it'll be all right. I'll live. Hell yeah. I'll survive. Yeah, man. I've, I've been in the, in the gym lately, and, like, it is crazy, like, the amount of stress. I Like, I mean, I still be stressed out, but, like, how, like, a week where, like I said, if I'm, like, you know, not working out and I'm, you know, not keeping a good eating schedule or whatever, it just, like, life's little stresses. Like, oh, this bill is due. I'm waiting on this check to clear, whatever the case may be. Mm. Like, how impending and, like, like like stressful that feels versus that I've been getting up and like working out, like running a little bit and like, it's like, okay, I still got to take care of that, but it's not breathing down my neck and just like giving me like extreme anxiety, how, how it would be if I wasn't doing that, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, that's like the, the reason I started like working out on a more consistent basis, like I guess about four years ago now I started going to the gym regularly and it was, it was mainly to help my anxiety and my sleep. That was like the big, yeah big thing. It wasn't so much for my physical health or anything. Like I, I didn't feel like I had any like issues in that regard, but it, it just makes me sleep so much better. And like, yeah, it's a really good stress reliever. Um, it, it is, it is very helpful. I like, I go kind of in and out with it sometimes, but, uh, when I can, when I can keep up the momentum of it, it is very helpful. Um, I feel like this is kind of related to what we're talking about today. Cause we're going to talk about good habits versus bad habits okay. that's all right i'll hear both sides <laughs> <laughs> i mean look you gotta have a little bit of both it's very important <laughs> to uh to have a have a healthy balance of virtue and vice in your life i i truly yes. believe that um but yeah this uh what we're gonna talk about today is a bit of a cautionary tale about the vice side of things uh, Ooh, okay. We are going to talk... I, I take no cautions. <laughs> Try me. Let's do this. Well, uh, you may have heard of this. We're going to talk about... Uh, this is a this is a scam from one of my favorite genres of scam, which is the classic literary scam. I've done many ah, of these. Yes, yes. Um, this, is, this is a similar one. We, today we're going to be talking about a little book from the 1970s called Go Ask Alice. Do you know about this book? That sounds familiar, but then again, it's three words that I hear relatively often, so that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Fairly common words. Um, 
This is a, a sort of staple of, uh, like, your high school library probably had a copy of this. Okay. Um, it, it has a pretty sort of lurid history that we're, we're going to talk about today. Um, so basically, uh, Go Ask Alice is a book that was published in 1971. Um, initially, it, it said it was, uh, the author listed on the cover was anonymous, um, but it detailed this like lurid uh, story that was purported by, you know, an epigraph on the inside to be a true real life diary of a 15 year old girl and her, uh, you know, like downward spiral into drugs and vice and sex and ultimately death. It's uh, it's a pretty wild book. Yeah. So wild. I don't normally equate those things, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's basically just like an episode of um, intervention, you know, like that's kind of the vibe, like the first act of the show intervention is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, like, so I, 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 I'm sure this has been said before, but it's one of the first things I noticed when I watched that show. I was like, so you're telling me I can just sit in a car with drugs as long as I got a camera? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That- <laughs> Why are none of these people getting in trouble? Like, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I just, so I just got to carry a fucking, I just got to go around with a documentary film crew. I can do whatever. I can shoot up heroin yep. in a public sparking lot. <laughs> All right, good enough. Really useful info. Um, <laughs> yeah, strange show. But yeah, so um, this book, it, it was like a huge sensation. So it, within the first couple years it was published, it sold 3 million copies. It was eventually adapted into a stage play and a TV movie starring William Shatner. Uh, <laughs> Go Ask Alice, starring William yeah, Shatner. Yeah, as Alice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the man's got range, is what I mean to say. Well, so the thing is, like, the book, the book is called Go Ask Alice. Alice is not the name of the narrator. The narrator is anonymous. Um, the name comes to, it's named because of, uh, the Jefferson airplane song, white rabbit, where they say, you know, it's about drugs uh, and this oh, is, yeah, okay. this is like a classic. So it was the early seventies. So it was like basically hippie scare propaganda. It was like, yeah. do not let your kids become hippies. So that's why it was called go ask Alice. Um, did we talk about this on a previous episode about how every, Every person I've ever met that's outwardly identified as a hippie turns out to be a fucking scumbag. Yeah, I don't know if that was on the episode that we didn't release or not, but we have talked yeah, about yeah. that recently. About yeah, yeah, it, it's it, not it's, an yeah, indicator you, of like good politics or anything. No, it's yeah, it's always like like yeah, I've never had a good experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, like in the in the late '60s, it pretty much just meant you wanted to like you know listen to jam bands and uh, yeah. and do drugs and like you know maybe you you were against the Vietnam War. Uh, I feel like it did have a little bit more of a political bent back back then. It wasn't just like yeah, wasn't just like going to fish concerts, but um, but that yeah. I mean this 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 story of this girl is like she's she's in it for the party. She's in it for the drugs. Yeah. Um, but hell yeah, fuck the message. The so the book is basically like the first part of it. Nothing really happens in it. It sort of just establishes that she's like kind of your average middle American, middle class Christian, uh, you know, teenager like from a good family. Her mom is a stay at home mom, um, but then it kind of takes a little bit of a turn. Her father has to move their family for work. She moves to another city um, in another state. So like far from her friends. And she has a tough time adjusting uh, to the new 
the the new environment. Her, she has some younger siblings. They seem to, you know, be dealing with this much better. Um, so she's like a little bit angsty. She's mad that her parents made her move. Um, and then she goes to uh, a party where uh, she uh, takes some LSD for the first time. This is her first experience with drugs. She drinks. Best time to do it. Around a bunch of strangers yep. at a house you've never been to before. Yep. Yeah. When you're 15 <laughs> in high school and like really self-conscious. Yeah. That's a good time to do yeah. it. Um, so she drinks a, a Coke that has been spiked with LSD. And she loves it. She, uh, she writes in her diary. Uh, uh, Dear diary, I don't know whether I should be ashamed or elated. I only know that last night I had the most incredible experience of my life. Uh, she says that she realizes the things she heard about LSD were obviously written by uninformed, ignorant people like my parents who obviously don't know what they're talking about. So she is on the hippie train, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What else have they been lying about, Alice? Exactly. Or, or, yeah, yeah, or whatever your name is. Well, the thing that's sort of interesting in this book, too, is, like, it it posits LSD as the gateway drug, which is interesting because like that is so not what co- what like yeah. how these stories get told later. But basically, yeah. she like loves acid, and then she starts smoking weed. Uh, she starts taking pills. She shoots speed like things. Cheat? Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's that's not. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but that's, that's that's rare that it goes like acid to weed and the pills and the shooting up. Right, and also like people who do psychedelics, I feel like are really not at risk of like other habit forming drugs. You know what I mean? Overlap in those scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like people who do other types of drugs will also do psychedelics, but I feel like people who are really into psychedelics, like that's often kind of their only thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I know, I know a lot of people who like don't even drink and like, take acid every weekend you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> it's a weird yeah that, that's always funny to me the people who don't do any drugs or really party at all and like uh like a comedian buddy of ours that throws big parties does that doesn't doesn't drink doesn't touch drugs but once a year just has like an absolute fucking blowout yeah <laughs> With, and just, yeah and, 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 and yeah it's, it, it did just a bunch of hallucinogens you know you know like, you, like we you said going. you you gotta have a balance of good habits and bad habits yeah. it's it's important yep. so however you want to do it i guess however you want to do that calculus <laughs> But, you know, she's loving the drugs. She's having a great time. But they make her life, you know, pretty complicated. Um, she starts hooking up with her dealer. She has sex. She's worried she's pregnant. Then she finds out that her dealer is uh, cheating on her with his roommate, who is a man. So we have, you know, oh, some no. serious she's sin going on. experiencing all the bad things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> some terrible sin going on. Yeah, just I, I love just like the the idea, the belief that like like drugs and shit would just lead. It's like I mean, like if you're yeah, if you're gay, you're gay. But like I don't know, like like the idea that you get into being gay, you know? What I'm saying? Like, right. Like, I mean, I feel like yeah, it's start- very it's very of its time. You know, it's like this hippie yeah. free love thing where it's like, oh my god, this her drug dealer is sleeping with men too and women. Yeah. Like, what is this lawless yeah. society like? <laughs> Does he hold nothing sacred? Right, exactly. Um, which is just very funny because it's like, I mean, if you think that, it's like, well, then is the only thing keeping you from doing that that you think it's bad? Like, why are yeah. are you well, gay? That's... Like, what's going on? Yeah. It's just a weird. I've grown up in a Baptist church. I have sat there in a little congregation while I've heard a ton of Christian adults like admit to me, like, yeah, you know, like, like I was living in sin. I was, I was uh, having same-sex relationships. That comes up. 
Like, I'm not saying all the time, but, like, it gets thrown out there on occasion, and they'll have people who are like, yeah, I used to be, you know, my, my life was crazy. I was taking acid. I was having sex with men. And now they're like, I've reformed now. And it's like, when you're a kid, it's like, like you know, so you're like, I don't know, this one's the adults telling me I'm told sure, these things yeah. are bad, so okay. When you get older, you're like, that is just a deeply closeted gay man. <laughs> like, right. Just, it's one thing to, like, stop taking drugs. It's another thing to change the gender you're sexually attracted to. That's, like, a pretty <laughs> yeah, serious... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then go on a speaking tour among, yeah. like, throughout the South, like talking about how how you don't you don't want to have sex with dudes at all. Like That's, I'm totally over there's it. There's a good Mr. Show sketch about about that, about like a reformed gay guy who keeps relapsing. And uh, <laughs> it just ends where they're like, and he has another relapse plan for spring break. It's very funny. <laughs> uh, Mr. Show. Very good. Um but yeah, so uh, after she realizes her dealer is cheating on her, she drops out and runs away to San Francisco. So she's like 16 at this point. Um, <laughs> Can it get any worse? <laughs> right? <laughs> Going to San Francisco, just... Yeah. She's it, taking trips to San Fran. She's wearing beads. Right. Uh, things things genuinely do get very bad. Uh, it it yeah. gets real dark. Uh, she's She turns to prostitution. She's gang raped. She, uh, you know, her, like, her grandparents die. That sends her into, like, a big spiral. Um, She ends up getting arrested. And then she, yeah, she, like, has acid flashbacks. It's, like, every, you know, everything. And uh, she does, after she gets arrested, she goes to rehab. And then um, she does get sober with the help of a a priest. um, But then she relapses again. Um, she she ends up in a mental institution. It's like, you know, it's it's everything. Um, so finally, at the end of the book, she uh, you know, she's she's been institutionalized and that has that has sort of helped her. And she's like getting ready to give sobriety like a real try. And yeah. she the diary ends with her saying, like, she's kicked all her bad habits. She finally needs to stop the last of her bad habits, which is keeping the diary. And that's the last entry but then oh, okay but then very, very y, y a right out to- absolutely <laughs> but here's the twist the epilogue of the book says quote the subject of this book died three weeks after her decision not to keep another diary her parents came home from a movie and found her dead they called the police and the hospital but there was nothing anyone could do so it's unclear whether this was a suicide whether this was an unintentional overdose um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's oh, the book. Damn. Pretty bleak stuff, you know? Yeah, right? Well, shit, that's the episode, guys. <laughs> um, thanks for tuning <laughs> And this book is, like, very, like, I, I, I don't think I read this as a kid, but, like, I knew about this book. And, like, I, I knew I looked people up the, who read it. Yeah, I looked at the cover, and I, I saw the cover, and I was like, oh, I've, I've seen that. Like, as you said, it was a, a mainstay in high school library. Yes, exactly. And the covers were kind of a big part of its of its appeal. Like, people would pick yeah. it up because, you know, it's they had a bunch of different covers of, like, a very sullen-looking teenage girl, uh, a, like... <laughs> Somebody in high school was like, hey, that, 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 I feel like that. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, a bunch of drugs, like, just, yeah, they were very, uh, yeah. very sort of lurid as this, as this goes. And then also, um, it, uh, because it's, like, it's very graphic, you know? It's, like, it's full of profanity it's full of um you know these like very graphic descriptions of like sex and violence and drug use um so teenagers were kind of into it because 
it's like kind of illicit, you know, if you're like a young yeah, teenager. Yeah, it's a accidentally cool book. Right. Like you get to read about this stuff that's like bad because it's in the context yeah. of like, don't do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we, we had to do like an anti-smoking thing one time. And like me and this girl in class that we, we were ninth grade, we both smoked cigarettes. And we were like, they, they had this thing. It was like, there's like multiple choice questions. Like, what's the worst part of smoking? It was like, smelling like smoke, your parents hating you. Or the soggy wet tip when your friend passed it to you, or all of the above, and we chose the soggy wet tip. <laughs> they were like, "No, no." The the answer was all of the above. I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess those things are." bad. I guess too. those things are also bad, but really, I don't want to <laughs> suck on a soggy cigarette. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the real deal breaker. That's what the real smokers will tell you is the worst part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was totally like that kind of dare shit where you're like you're fascinated by this stuff and it's like, Ooh, I get to like kind of vicariously experience this like bad behavior in this book yeah. that, and, and it was also really helped by the fact that this book was banned very often in the seventies um, because of uh, all of yeah. these like very graphic depictions of all this stuff. So that of course only increased its popularity. Like people were teenagers were like more into it. And, uh, you know, like there are a lot of libraries um, and like young adult sort of centric like places where they have lists of banned books. And it's like, here are the books they don't want you to read to like try to yeah, incite. Yeah. Why would you even put the name on the paper? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's to try to get teenagers to read more. It's like you get to be bad. Oh, yeah, I, you get to I be, have seen that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. you get to be like transgressive. So Yeah, I have seen that approach. I thought you were talking literally. They were just like, hey, don't read oh, these no, no, no. books. Right? <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, that's that's the surefire way to get them read. But I guess they know they know that and embrace That's them. what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah. like, Go Ask Alice had this, like, enduring popularity, um, you know, and it sort of, like, came from both sides and also had sort of objectors of both sides because, like, um, you know, it's basically, like, exploitation fiction, you know? It's, like, yeah. you're you're reading it for kind of the, the lurid stuff and then there's this moral tacked onto the end to try to make you feel bad for, like, the reason you're actually reading it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a, what what a, yeah, what a healthy way to go about that. Yeah, well, when we get into how this book was produced, I feel like you'll start to understand the psychology of uh, of of these types of people who are into this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk about who wrote this book. Uh, who was Alice? I guess you could say. Um, so this book uh, was sold to a publisher by a woman named Beatrice Sparks. So that is um, the copyright holder of the book, um, as well as a bunch of other books that we're going to talk about. But according to Beatrice, she um, th she found a real teenager's diary and then edited and sort of assembled it into a, a narrative um, and then sold it to a publisher. That was her story. But she always maintained there was like a real girl whose diary this was. And um, in, in some versions, she got it from the girl. In some versions, she got it from the girl's parents. Um, but she, like, had property of this book, edited it, and then sold it to a publisher. So, hmm. Beatrice Sparks. How did she get in possession of this book? What is her deal? Let me tell you. She was a Mormon housewife. Um, I feel like the fact that she is Mormon really puts a lot of pieces yeah. into place for me when I think about the narrative yeah. of this book. Um, Mormon housewives have really uh, had an outsized impact on fiction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is really true when you think about it. Especially like pulpy fiction like this. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like lurid, like, 
Yeah, it, 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 you know, when, steamy just like, stuff. Like lurid tales, steamy sexual shit. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> man, it's almost like, I don't know, <laughs> something's going on over there, I'd say. I think so. Um, but yeah, so uh, Beatrice Sparks had a, a background in, in writing and speaking. Um, she had written a book prior to this called The Key to Happiness, which was um, a book of advice on, quote, grooming, comportment, voice, and self-discipline for high school and college-age girls. Um, so again, really putting the pieces into place is like, yeah, she tried yeah. <laughs> to fig- tell girls how to act. That didn't work. So she was like, let's tell girls how not to act. Maybe that'll oh, work. Oh, shit. You know, I mean, you got you to admire somebody's ability to stick and move. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, it was like she just kept throwing out that same, that same jab where she was like, no, no, don't do this. Throwing out like the chick tracks or whatever. Yeah. You know? Like to say, don't do this, don't do this. She literally was like, oh, that didn't work. Okay, let's flip the script. And, 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 and get inside. I mean, the, 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 uh, the motives are shitty, but I got to appreciate the hustle. <laughs> well, and she was a hustler, which, which we'll get into. But yeah, so she wrote this book called The Key to Happiness. It wasn't super successful, um, but she did uh, offer this weekly seminar at Brigham Young University, which is the Mormon uh, university in, in Utah. Um, she, gave, she would give a class for like a women's etiquette class. Um, talking about this stuff so at this point she was calling herself a lecturer um she later said that she had a phd sometimes she'd say it was in psychiatry or psychology uh sometimes she'd say human behavior um she presented herself as a therapist a counselor a social worker or even an adolescent psychologist and God, this woman is ahead of her time. I feel. I feel like she, the whole like life coach slash Instagram influence. It just feels. Yeah, it feels like she was really tapping into something before it was there. Well, it's interesting you say that because she, um, before she sold Go Ask Alice, she was involved in a multi-level marketing scheme. So like, you are absolutely right that this is yeah. this is a hustler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is this is a hustler, and yeah. So she like she claimed all these credentials, but. Um, People who, who research this book and this story, they can't find any record that she ever got a PhD, um, even though, you know, she put it on her book jackets and stuff, but, like, yeah. no one has any record of that. Um, so, yeah, she, um, she was born in Idaho, um, and she met this rich Mormon guy out on the West Coast, and uh, he had oil money, so he was, like, a big oil investor. Ooh. Um, they lived in LA until their son, uh, went away to college. And since they were Mormon, he went to BYU. And at that point, the family relocated to Provo, Utah. So, okay. I just drove, I just drove through that whole part of the country, drove through Salt Lake, man. That's a, it's very beautiful. That temple, yeah, that temple is crazy looking. It sucks that we gave such a beautiful part of the country to Mormons. We really fucked up. (laughs) We should have given them a worse part of the country because it is so nice there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was I was just out there at every turn of the highway, just like this new thing comes into view, and you're like, everything is so much more beautiful than Texas, and I love Texas. That's a big thing for me to say. That. Yeah. Like, but like, God, that part of the country is just it's insane. Yeah, it's it's wonderful out there. Um, but yeah, it is also like the capital of multi level marketing and Ponzi schemes. So she, and we've talked about that before. I, I, I had to give it, but we talked about that before. How you were saying how like you you, were, you mentioned it the last time we talked about I think LuLaRoe about how like. There's this importance of being able to bring money in without actually having a job. Yeah, uh, because, we yeah, talked that, about it with Young Living too, the essential yeah. oil company. It's, it's, it's because like women are not expected to work, but um, or they're expected not to work. They like kind of aren't yeah. supposed to, um, but it's you know like 
this idea that you can make money like with your community, like selling to other women in your community and you can do it from home and you know, it's uh yeah, it's sort of tailor made yeah. to, to Mormon stuff. Yeah. At that point, aren't all you're doing is just shifting around like each other's husband's money? Pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah, like not to say that like I'm not like, oh, it's their husband's money, but it's like strictly by the rules of that game. It's right. their husband's money. Yeah. Um but yeah, so she, the multi-level marketing scheme that Sparks was involved in um, was this thing where like, it was like a direct sales thing where uh, it was called the Family Achievement Institute. And it was these like vinyl, because it's from like way back in the day, you know, like we don't have cassettes even yet. We have vinyl. Um, yeah. These essays uh, that were uh, read by people like Pat Boone and Art Linkletter, who we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, and it was like, it was basically like, uh, self-help stuff, you know? Yeah. So she was involved because she would write essays for it. And then Pat Boone and Art Linklater and people like that would read them. Um, so again, this sort of like how to like stuff, you know? Um, so she's doing that. And then people would like go do direct sales to try to sell these like, you know, self-help things. Um, she didn't do it for very long. Um, but she got connected with this guy, Art, Art Linkletter, and that's what led to Go Ask Alice. So Art Linkletter was famous for hosting the original version of that show, Kids Say the Darndest Things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was like a, he was like a, a personality, like a game show host yeah. type guy. I, I know, yeah, I know Pat Boone. I, I, I know I'd heard Art Linkletter before, but I did not know that's where he was from. Yeah. So, um, like, he was involved in this Family Achievement Institute, as was she, um, they con- they reconnected a-, a few years later because Art Linkletter's daughter uh, committed suicide, and Art Art Linkletter blamed it on LSD, and he started this big anti drug campaign against LSD, which were like that was like such a hot button issue at the time of like yeah. kids are taking LSD and jumping out of windows and stuff like that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it was. There was a lot of like a lot of the big push in that early anti drug shit was celebrities who lost kids. It was Carol Con- Carol O'Connor did that shit too? Yeah, yeah. There there was like a whole cadre of them, and uh, yeah. yeah. So that was like Art Linkletter's big crusade, and he like he would go like testify in front of Congress and stuff. Like this was sort of the birth of the war on drugs, and yeah. uh, and this Proto-Nancy kind of Nancy Reagan shit exactly like right kind of you know right before all that. Um, and, you know, he was really involved in that. And uh, Sparks had been volunteering um, at a local hospital where she was getting, you know, these, like, troubled teens would come in. And so she was, like, really interested in this stuff. And she was writing this manuscript. Um, the manuscript at that point was called Buried Alive, The Diary of an Anonymous Teenager. Um, and she gave it to Linklater to be like, can you, can you sell this? You know, like, I think this is a really serious issue and we have to get the word out. So that is the book that becomes Go Ask Alice. So, um, Linklater's agency, uh, sells the book to a publisher and Sparks initially, she wanted it to appear under her name. Um, but the publishing house was like, this is going to be a lot more powerful if we present it as real. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we've, we've seen that before. Right. So, uh, you know, so they took her name off it and she was she was disappointed, but she was also just like, I get it. Um, yeah. Let's do that. And she and she is kind of like cagey about it. Like she says it's based on a real person, um, you know, but she it, it's like 
we're going to get into it. She wrote a bunch. She ended up writing a bunch of these types of books. And she... It's a whole extended universe of made-up teens. Yeah. And, like, and <laughs> she purports to not have written them, but she's the copyright holder on all of them. So it's like, yeah, bitch, you wrote these. Like, you made this up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, did, did you write... And she's like, no, I didn't write... Oh, so you stole them? You're like, why did... Right. Did steal them? You're asking too many goddamn questions. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the publishing house changed the name to Go Ask Alice, which is like a very topical reference at the time to the hippies. And, you know, it's what all the Mormon yeah. parents are afraid of is like that these kids are going to go off to San Francisco and, you know, stop calling them and become prostitutes or whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like in addition to this book being marketed toward young adults, it's also marketed by Art Linklater to all these like lobbying groups, you know, like because it, it's such a message book it's like they're yeah. trying to get the teenagers to read it because it's like you know seamy and lurid and then art Linkletter is talking to like the drug manufacturers association to be like we need really strict laws about drugs because it's corrupting our youth you know so go ask alice immediately a runaway success um beatrice sparks is kind of bummed because she can't really tell anybody she wrote it um <laughs> it she like she ends up sort of coming out as like the person who compiled it and like found the diary or like talked to the parents um yeah but so she ends up writing a a a book of like similar stories but under her own name where she's like i talked to these kids and now i'm writing down their stories and Surprise, surprise, the prose sounds exactly like the prose in Go Ask Alice. It's like completely yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's just the voice of teenage diarists. Yeah, man. That's what that, that, yeah, yeah, that's how they talk. But do, do you think that there's like, I, I, I feel like there's like a, a an unhealthy national obsession that, that crops up like once a generation about like the sex lives of teenagers? Yeah, exactly. It's That is so much of what this is. It's just like yeah. teenager exploitation. Like, yeah, because I, I remember like the watching the fucking the things of like uh, like I'm like when, when I was a teenager watching like um, like you know daytime TV or talk shows and shit, and it would have these things like oh lipstick parties, everybody's yeah. seeing how far they can make lipstick. And I'm like, dude, I mean, trust me, if there was a a party where everybody's just openly getting their dick sucked like in in high school, like I would have at least heard about it. Yeah, not saying I would have been invited, but I would have <laughs> heard about that place. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's always something like that. There's, like, the the um, rainbow, like, silly bands and stuff. Like, there's always some Yeah. Oh, yeah, with the silly about, bands, and it was like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, oh, no, they're wearing them because it's all about... Uh, yeah, like, but yeah, I, 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 so like how many people they fucked or something. Right, like it, was it was like, like a, it was like sex yeah. merit badges, basically. Yeah. It was like you'd get yeah, a color like the, for something that you you know did with a guy or whatever. It's oh my god, none it's, it's, of it's that like, is real. Like, like teenagers are so like, yes, teenagers are horny, but they're also so afraid of each other. Like yeah, yeah, I really, no. I, I, it beggars belief that any of this stuff is happening because teenagers are so freaked out by the opposite sex and by their hormones yeah. and like yeah they're not yeah. they're not having like open orgies like yeah 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 that's exactly there was and I, I watched like euphoria i didn't watch euphoria season one but i saw all the, the and i watched but you watch it because martha was on it right yeah our good friend of our course. good friend martha's in there so yeah I mean, she's nominated for a fucking emmy that's so tight yeah man shout um, out to our lovely friend martha kelly who is now yeah. emmy nominated yeah she was great the most, she's uh, so yeah. terrifying 
Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Like, I was, I watched that, but I remember watching the previews for the first one, and it was just like HBO, like, like the show was basically like t- teens who fuck, yeah. but they're actually real good at it. It was just like it was a very odd angle. It was like these kids are just fucking, but not like in the awkward, weird way that kids fuck, but they're 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 laying it down out there. It was such a weird narrative yeah. that I got. From, no, obviously the, the show's about more, but yeah, but it is very. It's that same like teen exploitation thing. It's it's like, you know, when you're when the parents yeah. are gone, like what happens? And it turns For out any... what happens is things that adults are horny about, which is so gross yeah. and creepy. And it's weird. always a reflection of all the shit. It's like, yeah, they're just essentially you're just redescribing the key parties you and all your neighbors went to in the fucking seventies. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah, except with like children, which is insane. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You were the one in the room that was like, man, what if kids were doing this, right? Right, right guys? Hey, where, hey, where's everybody going? <laughs> it's a really bizarre, like, cultural fixation. I mean, I guess it's also just like, and, and I feel like it makes sense that it was like Mormons and stuff because people who are like in that sect of Christianity are like, they're obsessed with virginity and like purity yeah. and all of this stuff that like the reverse side of it is how you get go ask Alice and how you get like fucking 50 shades of gray and like all of this stuff comes from the same (laughs) place. And it's like a very weird warped sexuality. Uh, Not in the ways that they think it is like warped in a different way more fucked up way i feel like yeah 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 for sure if there is a if anybody out there's a google like rabbit holer let's look up obscure shit there's a christian book called teens fight and that's the big letter and then under it adult corruption and it's written by like a 78 year old guy and it's about like teenagers who are like essentially the story is like yeah these teens are bad but they're bad because they're watching us and it's about like yeah like like and it's just it's so, like me and my friend his mom bought it and his mom was she was very Christian but she was pretty cool she was like this is a bad book <laughs> she's like this book is so bad <laughs> and so me and my friend just got fucking stoned and would read it and just die laughing yeah. so look I forget what, it's called Teens Fight Adult Corruption and it's one of those just geeked out smoking joint and just laugh at like the dumbest concepts and horrible prose <laughs> yeah I mean I, I guess the thing that's interesting about Go Ask Alice is that like it was successful with teenagers which is like kind of weird to think about when you think about who yeah. it was written by and like why it was written. But like people were really into it. People, this, this book is like an enduring thing. It's like still around, you know? Um, I think yeah. it, I think it is, a, r- people are a little savvier now and I think roll their eyes at it a little bit, but it, it has like sort of endured as like a mythic story, you know? Um, yeah, we. I'm still seeing reprints of it here, and like, yeah. and also this lady lived to be very old. <laughs> yeah, well, that's. I want to talk about some of the other stuff she wrote that I feel like is arguably like more egregious. Like, I feel like if it were just Go Ask Alice, I probably wouldn't be doing this episode yeah. as sort of interesting as it is. But um, she like really made a career out of basically doing this exact thing, and. Um, the the ma- the most sort of egregious example was one that came a couple years after. So as I said, she she tried publishing some stuff under her own name in this sort of vein, like about this stuff, and it didn't go over quite as well. Like I think she realized, like okay, I need the intrigue of like 
this is a real diary. Like that. Yeah. Because people, again, people are perverts and they want to read about like a 16-year-old doing this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Can I just read more cautionary tales about what some girls are getting into? Yeah. You got any more of those laying around? <laughs> well, <laughs> in, the, in the one I'm about to talk about, she goes in a different direction with it, but it's the same sort of exploitation stuff. Um, she, her next book, after she publishes this book under her own name called Voices, is this book called Jay's Journal. And Jay is uh, a 16-year-old who, according to Sparks, uh, his mother got in touch with her after the success of Go Ask Alice. She read an article about her, and she called to, to ask if Sparks might help her um, because her son had committed suicide and had left a, a journal and was like, I think this could really help people. You know, like, I saw what you did with Go Ask Alice. Like, maybe we can publish this. And... Uh, the the story is it's the real story is really sad and the fake story is really funny so i'm trying to like <laughs> figure out how to talk about both so basically jay unlike alice there is documented evidence that jay was a real person so jay was actually okay. this guy named alden barrett um who was a a, a very you know intelligent sensitive 16 year old who committed suicide in the early 70s and um, he, Jay's journal is uh, very different. So I'll, I guess I'll give the real. So his brother ended up writing a book a few years later after Jay's journal came out and, and described his brother as, um, you know, this like really smart. Uh, he was really into poetry, um, but he had depression and, uh, you know, he eventually sort of succumbed and, and lost his battle with it. But he wasn't like a super rebellious kid. His main, again, his main form of rebellion was like he was opposed to the Vietnam War. Like, you know, yeah. he like <laughs> he didn't really fit in necessarily with his, uh, you know, his family was Mormon. Again, his yeah. family was Mormon. Yeah. Um, Can you believe that Baird boy doesn't support what we're doing in <laughs> Vietnam? Yeah. Crazy. You know? <laughs> He's just like a, this, like, yeah, he, like, smoked weed, and he, like, learned about Hinduism and played with a Ouija board. But he wasn't, like, a no. goth. Like, he wasn't... Yeah. He wasn't a bad kid. He was just, like, a, you know, kind of sensitive in yeah. his family of Mormons. But, of course, the book, because it was written, <laughs> with, like, with his Mormon... Uh, you know, his Mormon mom gives it to, to Beatrice Sparks. The book ends up being full-on satanic panic shit. So oh, yeah. that's what ends up being hilarious to me. So yeah. <laughs> um, so Jay's journal is, yeah, it takes the same sort of structure as Go Ask Alice, but instead of being focused on drugs and prostitution, it's focused on drugs and uh, Satan worship. So... Okay. All right. So it's a little more of a little more of a light romp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, um, man, yeah, that's... It, it, it's so... Crazy to look at that in retrospect, the satanic panic. You're like, man, those guys are goofy. But, like, it doesn't justify any of their behavior, but it's just crazy to think they really believe that shit. They work 100% like, yo, this is happening in our backyard. And it was a national hallucination. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's, it's crazy to wrap your head around. It's back. So it's happening. Oh, yeah, again. yeah. No, it's like, we're, we're. Oh, God. That all this groomer I've, shit is satanic panic all yeah. over again. 100%. Yeah. Like,. And yeah, uh, our brains are broken. We're having a mass uh, societal hallucination. Uh, it's really bad. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it, not one thing can be broadcast on TV without 
so many people I know on Facebook that are like, man, you guys see all the six pointed stars in there? It's just like, man, just just stop. Go outside, please. Go outside, <laughs> please. <laughs> but yeah, so Jay's journal, um, according to the story in, in Jay's journal, uh, which, by the way, uh, Jay, this guy's family, Alden's family, said she used maybe like a tenth of his actual diary entries and then fabricated the rest of them. Um, uh, the family, even though there's the, the, the unifying bond of them being Mormon, was the family like, hey, what the hell? The the mom ended up upset. His brother ended up really upset. Um, yeah. Because his brother was like, my, my brother was not into the occult or whatever. And like the amount of stuff she's describing, it truly is, she says, um, after being sent to reform school, he learned to levitate objects, developed ESP, attended midnight orgies, and was possessed by a demon named Raul. So what, what, you you trying to get me to fucking sign up? Yeah. That sounds, like that's like, <laughs> sounds pretty wait, fucking This guy got cool, superpowers man. and he was getting his dick sucked and all of a sudden, hold on, he had to hang out with a guy named Raul? <laughs> <laughs> I bust my ass on have one friend named Raul. <laughs> this is insane. That's, yeah, that's just, yeah, like the whole, like superpowers, like that's not going to get me to stay away from this shit. Sorry. Yeah. Well, again, it's like, it's like this weird, dark Mormon or like, super Christian fascination with like the dark side is like, yeah, they, they're like really perverted about all this stuff. Yeah. It will. And they got to make it seem like there's power there or else, yeah. you know, it, Satan's, it, it's, real. It's like Satan's real yeah. and he can, he yeah, can influence but, you. Yeah. So how come God doesn't have me out here lifting shit up in my mind? Exactly. You know what I'm Give just me feels ESP, like, Jesus. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I bet a good way to fight Satan this would be if I can shoot fucking lasers out of my hands. Right. You know, like I bet that that would help me take out a few. You gotta work on your marketing. It's really yeah. like you need to present me a more compelling uh, alternative. Yeah. And if I could go to a couple midnight orgies, I think I just you know think a little clearer about all this shit. Come on, God, <laughs> goddamn, <laughs> it's tough as shit down here, bro. <laughs> but yeah, so she like she she depicted this whole scene of like. Uh, a satanic wedding that like so this is like the brother so it says like um according to her the wedding had a demonic mass featuring black candles bloodletting and a kitten sacrifice but in reality uh his brother said it was a quiet unofficial ceremony between alden and his high school girlfriend so like really (laughs) oh that's like that's great and also he's he's in utah like where like I, I mean, I just can't imagine. Like, like if you're gonna tell me about Satanists, it's like they got to be out of state because it's, it's Utah. He's not sacrificing demons in, in where is he from? Point Pleasant, Utah, or Pleasant Grove, Utah? Yeah. Like he's, that's yeah. I don't know. That's just that's the other. It's like when 9/11 happened and like they put a security guard at the library. It's like I don't think they're coming here next, dude. <laughs> right. Like, it's just it's it's all very strange. This you is think last that, on the that list. That would be happening. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the the thing that I think is like really egregious and why I'm just like fuck this lady she she published his real suicide note but Ugh. but prefaces it with a bunch of fake entries about raul the demon <laughs> it's like you motherfucker Ugh. like you took this poor suffering boy's like final words to his family which are like very moving and sad yeah. uh and then made it about a demon you made up. Like it's just so uh, yeah. gross. Yeah, yeah. If 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 hell is real and that doesn't send you there, but having fucking superpowers does. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like that is an injustice on a cosmic level. <laughs> and uh, it's just and it's just proof that evil people live forever. Like, yeah. Like, like, 
she, yeah, like, like that's that's evil person shit, and this lady was, like, what, like, 96 when she died? Like, that's... She was old, and she also wrote so many of these fucking books. So, like... Yeah, she, I'm going through it. She, yeah, she has a whole extended universe of troubled days. Right, and they're all, like... They, it's, like, there's one about AIDS, and there's one about eating disorders, and there's one about gangs, <laughs> and, like, there's just... Oh, yeah, nobody's keeping a gang diary, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like, yeah, she she sort of realized that this was like a market. And I feel like after like, you know, after Go Ask Alice, I think people I mean, writing the Satan one, I think people were like, all right, lady, like this is we're we're not going to take this one as seriously. But um, yeah, well, I think that's what happens when you have like a Christian breakout hit. Like, like it, 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 cat, it captivates everybody for a long time, and they got to keep replicating that success. And then, like, the, the returns, then it's just back to the standard Christian audience, I've noticed with that. Yeah, that you know, is it's true. Like, it's like, it, I, call it the, the, I call it the Lynn Sanity effect. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, every, everybody just, we're like, oh, shit, look at this Christian-adjacent thing that's happening right now. That's pretty cool. And then, like, and then like when the next edition, is, or when it continues, then it's just for the fans. I feel like, like it's the, a thing where, it's like um you know like when like creator whatever like crosses over into the mainstream and people are like hey this is pretty good wait a minute is this about jesus and then they like kind of lose interest like <laughs> Dude, man, it's, you know, like, I, i've talked about it before but like our church was real big in the youth group on secular music and i came out when creed was out was out and i was like oh i i can i can listen this to one's creed. allowed yeah yeah, 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 it's got to do. And then, like, P.O.D. came out, and that was the Game Changers. I loved rap rock. Yeah. And P.O.D. came out, I was like, these dudes are Christian? And, it, like, yeah, it's just it's just kind of funny. Because looking back, it's like, yeah, they're not that good. Also, P.O.D., not that Christian. <laughs> like, Yeah, kind of neither. They're Christian enough. But, yeah. <laughs> Nominally. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like it's Maria Bamford has an old joke about that, about, like, them trying to trick you into going to church. We're like, Wait a minute, is this church? Like, <laughs> I think this is church. That's yeah. I feel like that's kind of the go ask Alice phenomenon. Um, but that book has stayed like in the zeitgeist, even even so. Um, but yeah, she had a long career writing these books. Um, it was sort of like known ish that that she like it's so weird because it's like obviously if you look at her like series of books she said she was a a child psychologist and these were like all case studies and stuff but it really like beggars belief i feel like if you look at all of these laid out it's like well of course she was kind of making stuff up but she never really faced any consequences for it like there was never any big expose or anything it just kind of was like well you know some lady just wrote this right like yeah it's it's kind of weird to me so there's this new book that came out called unmask alice where this guy um he let me see what his name is i wrote it down rick emerson um wrote this new book about about go ask alice and and kind of delving more into beatrice sparks's life and stuff um but it's not like this is like brand new information it's not like a bombshell it's like no this woman is just like a known kind of like liar in order to get teenagers to not be drug abusing satanists and uh (laughs) it kind of worked for a while and then yeah she lived to be a million years old um, she published her last book in 2012 and she died in 2012. So like she was doing oh, it damn. right up until, so some fucking yeah. 90 something year old is writing 
books about what it's like to be a teenager. So yeah, and, and th- this is a story about a young girl who was sending pictures of her genitals yeah. and, and, and all the things that came after that. Like, <laughs> it's just like, her grasp on the modern culture. <laughs> so um, yeah, the the article I read about this, which is in the New Yorker, um, it was called "The Diary of a Made Up Teen." Um, the 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 article says like verisimilitude is a difficult thing to gauge especially when it concerns the inherent histrionics of adolescence and the genuine extremes of addiction and trauma but even if sparks books were indeed based in part on real teenagers how she arrived at the rest remains a mystery so yeah it's like teenagers are like really dramatic so it's really easy to write these really dramatic stories from the point of view of teenagers um yeah uh, another quote from that article that I think is really funny, which is like kind of the last thing I have to say about this, is um, uh, someone said, as a few ex-Mormons have pointed out, Sparks was not the first Mormon to publish a text ostensibly based on an original source that the rest of the world did not get to see. Uh. <laughs> which is Whoa. very funny, because that is what the Book of Mormon is. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's from downtown right there. Right. <laughs> A pretty oh, that, good, that is... a pretty good roast on uh, on Mormons, yeah. <laughs> which I will say I feel like I've been very harsh to Mormons in this episode. Not all Mormons, there are nice Mormons. Yeah, it's it's just it's... a very uh, interesting kind of anomalous religion and culture around it yeah. that is hard for the rest of the world to understand. That's what I'll say. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it is it is strange. We I was very hard on Mormons. I my friend David, his backyard over the fence was a Mormon church parking lot. And they just got tons of pipes and beer bottles thrown over that shit, like <laughs> little homemade weed bongs and shit into there. So I, I'm sorry, guys, but yeah, no, it is, yeah, it is strange for an outsider to crack. It's one of those things where it's like, I, 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 I have some friends who are Mormon or grew up Mormon, wonderful people. Families are great. Families are way more stable and sound than my own. There are for like, sure. there are chill ones. I'll say that. Yeah. The, there are but chill ones, get, and there are also ones that are like very not cool and yeah. uh, fucked up. <laughs> when they gang, yeah, when they gang, just as with anything, when they gang up and they start, you know, getting in the voting booth and they start, you know, like uh, dabbling their toe in politics, that's when I don't like them. You know, like like that, yeah, that's or when, when they like, start like become... fucking jerking off about Satan worshiping teens, it's like settle down, yeah. man. Maybe like yeah. maybe like don't be so repressed and you won't be so weird about this stuff, but. You know, yeah. good luck. <laughs> yeah. It was like my, my fucking, my friend, there was a, one of those like, um, denim skirt to the floor families, uh-huh, uh, yep. was in a, a Sears one time. And, and my, my friend said that, that there was, he worked at Sears and he was, he was there working. He said the sun disappeared and they were looking for him and they found him in a clothing gondola, like a clothing rack, like in the middle of it, how like kids can fit in there. Mm-hmm. And he was holding a bra and jerking off. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing. That, like, Go Ask Alice is, like, the Mormon housewife equivalent of that to me. Like, yeah, it's the yeah, same yeah. impulse where it's, like, if you just were, like, a little bit more normal about this stuff and, like, let people jerk off normally, they wouldn't, like, yeah. have to invent all this stuff. Like, yeah. it's kind of like our last Patreon episode, which uh, yeah. you should all listen to, where it's, like, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. don't let people sexual... just, like, express themselves sexually in a normal way they're gonna be really weird about it <laughs> yeah for sure yeah i got yeah we've been talking a lot about uh, repressed sexual sexuality and satanism uh in the face of religion here yeah uh on lodging and steel this week man well uh damn that's uh I, you know i'm gonna say i don't know if we're, if we're at the worth it point yet but worth it 
It sucks. I don't agree with it, but she seemed to make a very comfortable living. Yeah, off of it for it's a totally very long worth time. it. She like had a very yeah. like big happy family and was rich and lived a long time and. You know, like maybe, uh, maybe convince some kids not to do drugs. Like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna say it's bad to not to convince kids not to do drugs. I think that's probably decent. That's an okay thing yeah. to do. But you know, do it. Yeah, do it the right way. I, I remember specifically being a kid in the late '80s, early '90s, and that was big when anti-drug, just say no, all that shit. Oh yeah. It. I, I was probably wasn't until like, not eight or nine, so I like really didn't even knew what the fuck drugs were or why people would take them. I was just like always told, don't take drugs. If, if somebody ever hands you drugs, you tell them no. I specifically remember my dad's friend telling me that, which you know that's that's what your dad's friend's supposed to do. And I was like five or six. If somebody don't touch, give you drugs, you say no. Right. And in my head, I was like, this I was idea like, what that... are these? <laughs> I had no clue what drugs were. I was like, what what are you talking about? <laughs> like I had no. It, it was like a, a a MacGuffin in my head. I had no yeah. clue what a fucking drug even was. I like. I feel like I didn't know what a drug was, and I especially didn't understand what a drug dealer was. I feel like I thought a drug <laughs> dealer was, like, a grim reaper. Like, just, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> a, like, shadowy figure, you know what I mean? Who yeah. would, like, force you to take drugs, which is the opposite yeah. of their business model. Like, very yeah, strange. Dude. There was a thing in the, in the 80s where, like, I remember one time I was watching a show, and a, and a person was breaking a light bulb. And somebody was like, and, I, and now that I look back, they were they were breaking the light bulb to use it to smoke drugs. Yeah. But the way it was explained to me to my kid brain, like, oh, they're about to do drugs. There's like, drugs, drugs in are the, the light bulb. There's drugs are in the light bulbs. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck is going on in this world? Like, so I guess if you're going to educate kids about drugs, yeah, be open and be honest. You know, like, talk about it. Don't use metaphors. Don't use scare tactics or stories because it's not going to, the, the, the end result is going to be good. You might get a year or two where they're like, oh, I can't take drugs because a demon will crawl out of my ass. But eventually they're gonna Google that. They're gonna be like, "That's not true." Right. And then who knows? Now they're rogue. Right. You don't know, now you don't know what they're gonna do totally. or how they respond. When they when yeah. like their friend takes drugs and a demon doesn't crawl out of their ass, they're like, "Oh, I guess this is fine <laughs> yeah. then." Yeah, it sounds like he got some bad drugs. <laughs> like he got ripped <laughs> off. There should be a Satan crawling out of your butthole exactly. at this moment. Well, yeah. So yeah. that's uh, that's go ask Alice and Beatrice Sparks. Uh, you can check out that book and that article if you would like to hear more. Uh, but yeah, that's our story today. We think it's worth it. So yeah, do yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Do it, man. Yeah, if you can, <laughs> if you can drain some money out of uh, yeah. There's, it's an under catered to uh, uh, demographic is, is uh, Christian readers. Yeah. yeah, there's always they're voracious. They always want more. So <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for telling us about that today, Kath. Uh, let's see. I don't know when this episode's gonna be out. You got anything coming up? Um. If you look at my Twitter, Kath Barbadoro, I post all my dates on there. I also have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive. It's about uh, funny news stories. We do it every week, and it's very fun, so check that out. Yeah, I uh, same thing with me. I'm on Twitter as at PZTexas. That's P-E-E-Z-Y-T-X. Also, well, the podcast itself is on Twitter, at LCS Podcast. And like I said, we do have a Patreon. Two more episodes a month, access to our back catalog and our Discord. And that is patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. And if you check out my socials, I'm going to be all over the South from like September to October. I'm doing like all, pretty much every big city out there. Call it the Grits and Gravy Tour. It's going to be fun. Uh, Yeah, so guys, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, But, you know, when you're out there, be safe, be smart, have fun. But above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time. Bye.